Work in the graveyard shift. As per usual, it's Big Dog Ball Talk with Matt Eichhorn and Jordan Flegel. Jordan, it's getting spooky right now, man. It's dark yeah. out, but uh, I mean, we're not afraid, man. Uh, we're the big dogs. We're not afraid of nothing right now. Uh, I mean, how, how's it going? I mean, I said before we started recording, looking like a real renaissance man for uh, for all of you know our listeners. Jordan's got a nice, looks like probably, I don't know, I'm not an art historian, maybe circa 1930 French. Uh, it's got a nice golden or bronze frame behind him. He's got a nice, a nice haircut. Uh, I'm definitely Thank jealous because I, I need to get a haircut myself. But I mean, Jordan, real Renaissance look you got going. The red wine, it's a, it's a whole look. I know. I'm, I'm like LeBron on the bench, baby. Yep. Um, yeah, this painting is entitled uh, Promise of Spring. Uh, it's got some, uh, it's a little, little river with some uh, snow around it, but the sun's out and, uh, you know, it's, it's, you know, winter in this setting will be over soon. And speaking of which, I wanted to ask you, Matt, we, we recorded Sunday night and then we got uh, the snowfall of the century. How, uh, how was that for you, sir, over in uh, Islington Station? Uh, did, how far did the snow pile up for you guys? It was, it was insane. Absolutely insane, man. I mean, <laughs> first thing I wake up in the morning, a uh, little behind the scenes for everybody that's listening. Uh, I wake up usually in the morning to edit the podcast uh, to release it to all you guys uh, sometime in the morning. Uh, I usually try to get yep. it early, but... I mean, what can you do? Uh, but yeah, this one, I was really ahead of the game. It's probably like quarter to eight, maybe let's say. Uh, yeah. I'm up. I got my coffee. I plop myself down. And all I hear is like an engine revving over and over and over. And I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? I look out my balcony of my my condo is over facing like the, uh, the entranceway where we drive in. Some poor bastards already stuck just driving <laughs> into the building. And there's like two yeah. cars behind him held up. I, I think within the hour... I reviewed and like edited the tick head of the TikTok edited the the podcast. I look and there was like two different cars got stuck. So yeah, they finally yeah. got a plow to come through and get it. But it's like, yeah, I I haven't I've never seen Toronto like this. My 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 no, father, me neither. My father Paul was uh he sent me a photo from 1999 when I was originally living in uh, Toronto uh my first as as a baby and uh there was a huge snowstorm that uh, the they had actually they called the military in. To, to provide aid because there's no so way. <laughs> crazy yeah well it, it felt very uh yeah like something that does not happen often i've i've never been in toronto for this much snow it's Mm-mm. uh it was crazy like i there nice. was reminds of his home man reminds us well of yeah it, it's true yeah back in Owen Sound. i mean luckily i work right across the street so my travel time to work was uh not impacted in any way but Lots of people. I heard stories of people going one subway stop. It took took like an hour. Like no I, I buses. Took, I took one look outside and said, "Fuck this." Yeah, no, it was crazy. And I think it's still even today. Like uh, my girlfriend Annie, uh, she goes and uh, you know she she takes her car down to rehearsals and stuff. But we haven't even bothered taking the car because coming out of a uh, like our parking garage, it's a slightly sloped hill and there's still ice on it today and uh not worth it i still see people just yesterday someone got stuck uh close to our place so pretty crazy um hopefully the snow it started to melt a little bit yesterday it was warming mm-hmm. up but now back to fucking minus 20 so we're we're really in it now we're really in canadian winter but what are you gonna do it, it, it'll well, end at some point and i'm sure some of our listeners uh you know on the uh the the upper east coast uh you know the, our new yorkers Philly, yeah. Boston, even Michigan, you know, you guys are all, uh, you guys get uh, a lot of the same stuff. Uh, I mean, I can't forget the, the North Dakota and Wisconsin, uh, as well as, you know, Minnesota, we got listeners Ohio, baby. Place. 
Uh, you know, uh, you guys, you guys get our feel, you know, you know, how, uh, how crazy the snow gets. And I hope for all of our, our down South listeners, West coast listeners, you can live vicariously through us and you keep enjoying yeah. your, your, uh, your highs of, Oh man, I'm not a Fahrenheit guy, but uh 20 degrees like <laughs> Celsius is cold for you guys. Uh, that's, that's yeah. Awesome. But yeah, I'm a, God, what a stupid system, Imperial. Uh, yeah, but everybody, yeah, <laughs> welcome to Big Dog Ball Talk with Matt Acorn and Jordan Flegel here, bringing you the the takes that make you quake, give you belly aches because you just can't get enough of it. You keep full, <laughs> filling your gut with it, filling your tight little oh. belly. Uh, oh, Matt. You really picture that, can't you, Jordan? Yeah, well, I don't know. Hey, we, we live the on. content, man. Like, we're, we're the ones that divulge in it the most. Uh, sure. and just, so you guys can start uh, your, your feast on our content right now. Uh, let's get into it. The Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks just wrapping up uh, about an hour or so ago uh, before us recording right now uh, yep. on uh, in, in the Eastern Standard Time Zone. Uh, but you know, the Dallas Mavericks, one of the hottest teams in the league, but unfortunately not hot enough to, to beat the heat coming from the sun. Uh, the Suns <laughs> were able to take care of business on the road. Mark Cuban really uh, probably upset about this one. Definitely was yelling at the scorers. Uh, this, this game, I don't know if anyone else saw those reports of Mark Cuban during the Raptors game yelling at the scores table, but, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we'll talk with the Raptors. We'll sneak them in there a little bit later, but, uh, yeah, Jordan, I mean, the Phoenix Suns, they did what they had to do. Uh, they stopped a couple big runs from the Mavericks. They got back in close and, uh, it looks like, uh, again, the, the Mavericks might be legit, but they're still just not at that contender status yet. And the Suns are just proving to us even more and more every single day that, uh, they're a real threat to go back to the finals this year. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you thought maybe this game would be close uh, and it was kind of in the first half. Uh, Luca was, was doing his thing. You know, he was on in this game. He, he finished with 28, eight and eight. Um, not the most efficient night, but uh, you know, he, he, he was him and the Mavericks were clicking in the first half. And then the Suns, like, like some of the, or, or many, I should say of the great teams do like they really turn it on in the third and the fourth. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that second half Phoenix started hitting threes. They ended the game on a 22 to six run, which was, you know, crazy. Just put all hopes to bed, mm-hmm. um, you know, of the Mavericks getting back in it. Um, and, you know, it, it, it was still sort of, you know, competitive and could have turned out to be a close one in the end. But, uh, you know, we, you, you see it time and time again. Chris Paul teams, they, they don't yeah. lose close games. Uh, they, they, they win. Uh, well, he'll never let it they, happen. Well, they, he knows exactly what to do at this point. Like he, he's he's. Uh, his body uh, is, uh, you know, not, not what it was. He's not the same kind of speedy point guard he was when he was a young, young buck, but uh, he, his brain is, you know, at another level. He knows exactly what to do, um, uh, you know, in, in any situation. And in those, those close games, he knows who to find, uh, you know, whether it's Booker or, you know, his, his shooters on the wing or, or, you know, Aiton wasn't even in this game, but you, you mentioned it before uh, we even started. Sh- shout out Bismack, Bismack Biombo uh, mm-hmm. coming in and, Filling, filling those those minutes at center, you know, along with uh, JaVale McGee, who's, who's still playing well for the Suns. Um, and, you know, the, the, the Suns just look, they look great. And, you know, there, there's been other teams that we have kind of talked about as the quote unquote, the best teams, like the Warriors, you know, they, they, they had their shine for a little bit, but now they've, you know, they, they've kind of evened out a little bit with the injury to Draymond and, you know, Steph missing time and, and all and that and people you know, is cooling off a little bit as well. I mean, you know, guys like well, exactly. Cool started off like a absolute pistol. And I mean, now they've, uh, they've kind of come back to reality a little bit here. Yeah, totally. And so, you know, after all that, the sun's still, you know, the, the only team in the league with uh, single digit losses is mm-hmm. still hovering there. They're at nine losses and um, yeah, they're, they're, they're just going to win. They're, they're, they're really, really good. They're, they're an incredible team. They're, they're going to win these close games against 
almost anybody. They, mm-hmm. their, their real weakness, like we talked about, I think on the last pod is when they've got someone who's a really bad matchup for them. Um, and you know, they're, they're trying to fight back from that sort of deficit. But when it comes to someone like Luca, as good as he is, they, they've got the long armed kind of, uh, athletic defenders to, to bother him enough to, to, to make sure he doesn't go off for like 40 points or something like that. So, well, and I mean, um, M- when you have Mikhail Bridges on your team, you feel pretty comfortable yeah. playing against any of the top uh, offensive players in the league. And again, with, uh, as, as you just said, I mean, the Mavericks are very, you know, it's, it's a, it's a Luca heavy Luca centric team. And I mean, rightfully so, but uh, if you can yeah. neutralize him, you really just got to try and let Kristaps beat you. Right. And, and I mean, yeah. Kristaps, you know, he shot pretty well today, just a little bit over 50%. Uh, okay or a little, game, a little just double. under, pardon me, a little just under. And sorry, what'd you say yeah, about it? Yeah. No, just that he had a pretty good game. He had a double double. Yeah. 18 and 11. And like, I, but I mean, even Luca, yeah, Luca shooting underneath 50%. Uh, you know, something that he yeah. takes a lot of shots, but he's, he's a pretty efficient guy. Uh, so yeah. to do, do that, I mean, that's that's a credit to himself. And I mean, you know, 28, 8 and 8 is a, is a beastly stat line. Still, uh, you know, Luca really also kind of, you know, under the radar, moving his way into the, the MVP conversation for sure uh, yeah. at this point in the season, if uh, the Mavs keep winning at the, the rate that they are. Uh, but, you know, it, it was funny. I wrote down, because again, I was taking some notes while I was watching the game, and I was like, wow, Kristaps well kind of taking it, uh, you know, he's, he's taking advantage of these guys early, like he's getting involved. And then it was like, okay, I even forgot Kristaps was out there. Yeah. You, know, yeah, you were yeah, talking yeah. about matchups. You'd think that this is the game that the Mavs would be pumped like DeAndre Ayton's not going to be playing. You're going up against JaVale McGee uh, and then Bismack Biombo. You would think this is like, okay, Porzingis, you should be dropping over 25. Not like, I mean, I, 18 I and think... 11 is okay. But when you're taking 15 shots, I mean, Doncic takes 23. The next highest shooter is Tim Hardaway Jr. taking 10. And he was kind of yeah. off tonight too. Yeah, yeah. And he's he's struggled since, uh, you know, uh, coming off the bench. I, I don't know if that's the best thing for him. I I did the, the Mavericks, um, you know, they, they have that decision to make whether you start Brunson or Hardaway. And I, I can, you know, I can see the sort of pros and cons to both, but yeah. And in, in terms of Porzingis, I, I just don't know if they're using him in the right way because we, we talked about it last pod about him kind of fitting or, or sliding into a role that would work well with Luca. Um, and Kristaps Porzingis, like, yeah, you, you want him to take advantage of matchups, but he, he was never uh, at any point in his career, like a guy who banged down low, a guy who, you know, you, you know, used sure, his, yeah. uh, you know, body weight to, to get, to get down low and, and, you know, make a post move or something like that. Like he was always a guy who could, He's could a face you up out four. to three. Yeah, exactly. And, but who just happens to be seven, four or whatever he is. Um, but, you know, since, since his sort of injury concerns and that extended time that he missed, he just hasn't been as fluid. So yeah. it's kind of like, you don't really want to post him up. That's not the most efficient thing, but he can't really get around guys and, and move the way he used to sort of move earlier in, in his career, especially in New York. And um, I, I think Jason Kidd's just kind of struggling with how to get the most out of him. And, um, but you're, you're, you're right. Like wh- however you do it, you should be able to take advantage of uh, another team when their starting center is out. And, you know, JaVale McGee's turned himself into a competent defensive guy and, and Biombo's always been a pretty good defender too, but you've got so much height, especially uh, over Biombo, um mm-hmm. if you're Porzingis and then with you know, JaVale McGee, like you should be able to do a little bit something. So I, I do agree with you. Uh, I just, I just don't know. I, I think maybe we're at this point kind of slightly overrating what Porzingis is. Um, yeah. And I think he's overrating himself what he thinks he fucking is. Cause oh, uh, definitely, all the mumblings yeah. Yeah, last sure. year about how he wants to be a star, but I'm like, you know, if, if you would just uh, embrace this kind of, you know, stretch five, 
pick your spots kind of role. I think everyone would be happier and, and the Mavs would be better for it, but I don't know when or if he, he's, he's going to realize that. And uh, you know, the, I don't want to be too hard on him because yeah, if, if you're going to score 18 and 11 every single night, but you know, a lot of times he doesn't even give you that. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how he does. Uh, the Mavericks did fight in this one, but I, I think it just came to, down to, you know, uh, Phoenix, as good as Luca was, uh, Booker matched him with 28 himself, and mm-hmm. uh, they're just so good late game at execution. It's uh, They're going to beat almost anybody uh, when they're on. Well, and this also just kind of confirms my uh, belief that I'm stuck with like a 70-year-old's brain when it comes to watching uh, <laughs> some sports uh, at times. And I mean, Charles Barkley on the halftime show going off about how Kristaps doesn't take guys into the paint. Talk about yeah. he's soft. He's seven four. Just throw a, throw a hook shot up, man. You got all these six foot five guys on you. Take them. That's what I've been saying. I think I think I've said that probably every single episode about some big man in yeah. every episode of this podcast. I probably said at one point they need to do more post ups and just t- slow it down, and do a hook shot, like take it to the basics. But well, uh, how yeah, much I, does Kristaps weigh? Because uh, yeah. like I don't even think I can think of him really doing a lot of hook shots. If I'm being honest, like I've seen him do well, like layups, thing. like on the block but like never like a straight up like a baby hook even like it's really just yeah. a fadeaway or nothing yeah yeah he's he's 100 like you said a face-up guy who that's that's his whole game but like like yeah i, I like the idea of him g- getting down into the post and just using his height advantage in some way but i think fucking you know hypothetically i feel like someone like kyle lowry would you know keep chris Dapps out of the paint uh he would just plant his ass down there and Oh yeah. Uh, you, you wouldn't be able to move him. So there was a couple yeah, of times, think... you know, Chris Paul was mismatched onto him and, you know, Chris yeah. Paul likes to work out of the paint, out of the, uh, out of the post. And a couple of times he, I, I know at one point he actually did do a, he backed him down to try to did a fake. He faded away, but then he passed out of it at the last second. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, Chris Paul, again, like to, to go back to the Suns. I mean, uh, uh, you know, a true leader uh, for, for the Suns in this comeback. And, you know, we, we mentioned Bismack beyond, but like, again, credit to Chris Paul, because he's making these guys look this good. Like this is this is the same oh, yeah. Bismack Biombo that's been floating on the the Hornets for the past, you know, purgatory yeah. three years yeah. or whatever, man. Like this is yeah. not uh, like a some changed, like uh, revitalized. Biombo. I mean, who knows? Maybe it is. I'd love it to be. Uh, oh, I- probably not. Probably isn't though. Uh, like he's doing the exact same things. It's just like when you have a guy that takes so much attention that can find you no matter what. If you are. Yeah. Uh, super athletic guy that can just take it hard to the rim. Like he made DeAndre Jordan all NBA I was first say, team. I was going to say, so anything could happen. How much money would he have in his pocket without Chris Paul? Like, yeah, there's yeah. so many big guys, even early in his career, Tyson Chandler, like when they, when they played yep. together on the Hornets, like so many big guys, every time they see Chris Paul, they should be, you know, buying him dinner, buying him something because he's got a lot of big guys paid. Hell, and I mean, uh, Chris Paul even held DeAndre Jordan hostage so he could keep yeah, him out. So, I mean, uh, people forget that. DeAndre Jordan was going to go to Dallas a year earlier, and then uh, they, they got, got to keep him around just so they could lose in the, the conference semis again. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, shout out to DeAndre Jordan. Uh, your agent must suck. Uh, but, yeah, I, I again, I, I can't say enough about uh, uh, about the Suns. I mean, uh, like, I, I one thing I think is funny when I watch the Suns, is Devin Booker wants to be like, I don't, do you think Devin Booker is chippy or do you think he really wants to look chippy because he does some stupid stuff? Like, I mean, Oh my God, like Kristaps accidentally hit him in the face at one point, taking the ball. Oh yeah. The rim, and he like fucking folded. Like he just got sniped from like the upper balcony. <laughs> I was like, give me a break. He's like throwing his hand. Oh my God. What, what do you want to And he's like yelling at Chris. And I was like, man, you aren't going to fight anyone. This isn't happening. Yeah. Like, 
You wouldn't, you can't even freaking shoot free throws when a, a mascot's doing jumping jacks in front of you. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't want you to be acting tough, but like he does make these plays where he's fighting. Like, I, I, I don't know where I fall with Devin Booker anymore. Yeah, he, he's weird. He's also, he's handsome. He's a handsome guy. So you never think <laughs> that a handsome guy is also going to be a tough guy. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's, uh, I mean, the, the, kardashian jenner curse like it's going to come mm-hmm. around at some point to it, it it gets you no matter who you are so I, i'm i'm a little worried for devin booker but uh like i will say though i kind of had an idea of who he was before this past year's playoff run when they get got to the finals but mm-hmm. like i think he's tough as nails like i think he's he's a, a guy you want on your team i didn't think that honestly before uh i, I saw that uh, last year but at the, the you know that being said i was super super fucking annoyed when I saw the uh, no double teams in uh, you know in yeah, pickup yeah. Uh, video and obviously the mascot thing. So you're right, he's kind of uh, it's hard to pin down what what he's really like and and the whole thing about him being pissed off about being compared to Kobe. I'm like, man, wh- wh- I don't understand. Like I think people are people are doing it in like a it's an, it's in a positive way. Like I don't got I don't get why he, he I... got so mad about it. I know he was trying to kind of show yeah. respect. To, to his his mentor and everything but i'm like you in, in today's game you are the closest thing to him i i know you guys aren't the same player but like i don't know part of me is like you could you could have just taken that as a compliment um uh, but i think know, it was because i i did see a lot of like people on twitter being like oh how are you supposed to be like mama mentality if you if this or how are you gonna be mama mentality well, that's a like, good point though i agree oh, it is a good that. point I'm, like, I'm not disagreeing like, with them but I'm, I'm like, just saying, like, I was like, I, I understood like his frustration. You know what I mean? Like, when he was I guess, all, I guess. all, like, because, again, for him, I guess, as a guy he looked up to so much and he's supposed to have taken so much from and he has. I mean, we've seen the improvements. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the mentality, technically, the mentality is what you want it to be, baby. Uh, I, I mean, know, if it's, but if I it's do like think you want to be more of it. No, I do. Yeah, so, like, so do I. into it more. Like, sure. like Kobe, Kobe didn't flinch when uh, Matt Barnes, you know, mm-hmm. faked a, a pass right, right at his face. Legendary. Uh, you video, know, yeah. you know, uh, you know, inches away from his. Uh, and and yeah, I don't want to hear it about the, you know, the the new new camera. No, angle no that, that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that, <laughs> that was exist. that was fake. That was a that, yeah, fake. that was fake. But, that was like when but, Anthony Davis shaved his unibrow. It was all just yeah, CGI. Sure. Yeah, um, but I, I want more of that from Devin Booker because. That's what I mean. I didn't think he really had that, but then I saw in last year's playoff run when, you know, he turned it on defensively in the finals and throughout the playoffs. And when he was, you know, making winning plays in a bunch of different ways, you know, rebounding and, uh, you know, sacrificing his body and, and, and things like that. I was like, okay, yeah, this, this is mama mentality. So yeah, if I was Devin Booker, I would lean into that kind of mental aspect being, being a little bit tougher and not being phased by all the distractions. Cause, yeah. cause that was, that was what Kobe was all about. And, you know, why, why not take that, uh, you know, not, not just sort of the, you know, the mid range game and the footwork, uh, take everything. Cause, uh, you know, Kobe was, was, was great for a reason. And, uh, yeah, they, I, I would lean into it if I was debuck, but he, he's going to do his thing, obviously. Well, uh, and one last thing uh, before we move on to our, to our next segment, I don't know if I've ever actually publicly announced this. So this is uh, going to be a great story to tell. Um, I, okay. the first time I ever heard, uh, and it was weird cause obviously somebody else had heard it like this too. And that, but then it just ruined my perception of the entire song. The song when be humble came out by Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. For some reason, the first time I had ever heard the song, like it was probably a day after it came out was to a Bismack Biombo highlight tape. Cause I believe this was the summer, like when the Raptors played against the Cavs and he had the big oh, block yeah. against LeBron and it, and they went, uh, and they, the caption was like, sit down, be umbo. 
And so when I listen to the song, I'm like, whoa, Kim, uh, Kendrick Lamar made a song called The Yombo? I'm like, this oh, is man. sick. I was like, I can't believe that. So I thought the song was Sit Down, Biombo, was what that's, he was saying. For until like incredible. I... Until someone finally was like, I saw another thing, like a tweet or something talking about the song. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Be humble. And then I was like, <laughs> I oh. Wish, so, so I yeah, wish I, you had made that like an Instagram caption, like a post, like, you know, hey, we be still humble, can, man. Down, uh, and then everyone, you, like, you, everyone here who will get it. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Sit down, baby. Biombo. Do you remember? That was crazy, though. That, that 2016 run when Biombo was doing crazy shit, that dunk against the Heat. Remember when he picked up yeah. the ball off yeah. the ground and posterized some dude, Kyle Lowry? with the like memeable like mouth wide open and then do you remember that block he had on lebron when he came over they called it a foul that's the uh, one i was talking about uh yeah, that was before yeah yeah fucking insane and it was yeah, yeah that was I'll, bullshit I'll everyone was fired Biombo. up to, was like the was cleanest replay call. it was like oh my oh, god he didn't crazy. even touch him was that not the same up. series too that uh lebron uh elbowed his own or his own he pulled his own player's armed elbow yes. yeah that yeah, was damari carroll i think that was actually that was that not the same fucking like sequence almost? It might have been the same uh, game. Oh yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was super chippy yeah. in Toronto. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was. I forget who it was, but yeah, it was somebody. And then Damari Carroll got like teed up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and oh my god, man, I was so into that fucking series. That was uh, what a time. We we had no business in that series whatsoever. The Raptors no, uh, no. taking the Cavs even... to six, but yeah, that, okay, yeah, I was I, gonna I'm say, glad. yeah. It... Well, wow, just wild. I hope everyone listening, you know, can sit and re- reminisce over that uh, as we round up our Phoenix Suns versus Dallas Mavericks in 2022 uh, <laughs> recap. Uh, but hey. uh, yeah, to, to officially uh, shift our focus here, uh, there was two guys that really definitely we, we've talked about uh, quite a bit already uh, in the past couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, it's mostly just been in passing when we we're talking about their teams or their, uh, some of the bigger games that their teams have been a part of. But uh Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. I mean, the, the, the MVP from last year and the runner-up are uh, both really, really cementing themselves in the MVP race this season. Joel Embiid just dropping 50 uh, on Wednesday night against the Magic, which, I mean, he should be averaging 50 against the Magic. Uh, <laughs> but, and, and then hey, Jokic. Mo Bamba went off, baby. Yeah, true. Mo Bamba uh, looking like uh, the guy people thought uh, could be better than DeAndre Ayton, you know, 32-piece. Yep. <laughs> uh, shout out to him. Uh, but yeah, and then you have on the other side, the Serbian beast himself, uh, Jokic, he's, he had a 49 point triple double, uh, in overtime win against the Clippers. So it's, it, it, it is crazy to me. Like, cause again, we said Curry's kind of slowed down. He's had his injuries. Kevin Durant has, is out now. And now he's splitting even more time with Kyrie and Harden. Uh, LeBron's team yeah. stinks like that. Uh, it's so, and I mean, Giannis's team, even the old, like, like the bucks are kind of back and forth. Like his stats are good. He's, uh, it, the MVP race is wide open. So for Joel Embiid and Jokic to hit their stride right now is uh, insane. And it could really blow things. Like it could, it could make things real interesting here. Like, I think this could be one of the closest uh, MVP votings uh, that we've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I just love the fact and going back to last year, I love the fact that it's two centers. Oh yeah. Like it feels Mm -hmm. so, so like something that's been missing from the game for a really long time and not like, uh, and not to throw him under the bus like I often do, not like <laughs> Dwight Howard, not Dwight Howard center kind of MVP candidacy, but like uh, centers that are uh, do so much. Like For sure. uh, in the case of Jokic, score, rebound, and pass, and actually turn themselves. Uh, you know, in, in the case of Jokic, a, a good defender this year versus Embiid, always been one of the probably the most dominant defenders, uh, especially when he's on, but one of the most dominant defenders in the league 
um, you know, who, who can, you know, stretch you out to, 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 to three and score in a variety of ways under the basket. Like these two guys are so special. And the fact that we get to watch them right now, like, yeah, uh, I, I almost wish they were in the same conference so we could see them go up against each other in the playoffs uh, more often. Oh yeah. Um, you know, maybe down the line they, they could meet in the finals uh, at some point. Cause they're still be relatively insane. Young, but it would be, it'd be just crazy to watch those two go up against each other. Like, Embiid, like reading off his last two games, so or, or last sort of few games, his game logs going back 50, 32, 32, 25, 31, 31, 31, 31, 31, 34, 36, 36, 23, 41, 32. Like he's been on a fucking tear. He's probably been yeah. the best player in the league over that, uh, you know, stretch going back uh, a couple weeks now. Like he, yeah. uh, honestly, if he keeps this up, I think he will be in first place, uh, you know. Uh, coming sort of through the middle stretch of the season here sure. uh, for MVP voting, because uh, even looking at the standings, I, him, the, the, the Sixers and the Bucks are almost even in the standings. Like the Bucks are up by like one, one and a half games on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, like you mentioned, they've kind of been up and down and the Sixers, you would, you would sort of think that they were, they would, they would be further down in the standings considering they're missing, uh, you know, Mr. Simmons and uh, have been kind of up and down themselves in terms of other personnel, but Joel Embiid is, you know, kept this this subpar group really you know afloat and more than afloat like uh, there's uh, i i there's nothing i can even say to to sort of uh demonstrate how good he's been and Mm. uh you know Jokic on the other side him and the Jokicets, they're 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 trying they're really trying and his his stat lines are are just as impressive and you know obviously he's he's had a couple now like 50 like he had a 50 uh 19 game not that long like a couple like a couple days ago uh yeah. so like he's he's going at yeah he's his stat lines are nuts because again like i remember russ russell westbrook's mvp season he had a couple 50 point triple doubles and stuff and people were losing their minds this is a yeah. seven footer or a near seven footer doing this not a guy yeah. who's a freak athlete uh that no. can just that has the ball in his hands every single like second of the day uh yeah. i mean this is like the, the guy working hard down low i mean obviously he's hitting threes and he's playmaking for his team like he's a point guard uh, yeah, he's but he's, the fact he, that he's basically a point guard, yeah, that, that's the thing too. And he's probably if you actually had like a full like another like a a, a combine to just test out people's yeah. athleticism, I guarantee he'd rank in the bottom one percentile. That guy is like uh, yes, no chance. He's got he's got to have like a like a twelve inch vertical. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, there's, there's, I, I legitimately think I can get higher off the ground than him. Uh, it would be a close me. one for sure. We'd have to get the we'd have to get the microscopes out or something uh, yeah. really, to yeah. see every last speck, uh, yeah. speck of you guys. But it's it, it is absolutely bonkers to me uh, the stuff this guy's able to do on the basketball court. Uh, but and but again you can tell that, you know, he works for it. He makes it look flashy. So it's a little bit different, but, and this is why Embiid though, I've said before is like, when it comes to like, just having one guy for one game and Joel Embiid to me again, is like, he probably in my top five current players, if I'm being honest, I think he's that good when he's fully healthy. Like he's, he's like, uh, like he's, he's kind of like Shaq. Like nobody has an answer for yes, him. Yeah. Even the best, like, go, like Rudy Gobert has had trouble guarding and be like play, Shaq who can yeah. go in, go out and hit a step back three. Like, yeah. And, and that's crazy. the thing. So he, you can't guard him anywhere. There's no one in the league. I think that really can like truly clamp him down. He'll have an advantage somewhere. It's yeah. just, if his mental game is going to be there to do it. And he just makes it look effortless because like, again, this he, is what I, okay. Like you're playing the magic and like Mo Bamba, you know, he's got good length and he's athletic, but like, he's not, he's not nearly like thick enough, you know, like to handle 
Embiid down low. And Embiid was letting him like take those threes. And I mean, he probably shouldn't have because uh, yeah. he kept the, the magic really in it there for a bit. Yeah. But I mean, it, Embiid knew down low was his world and Bombo was just living in it. Oh, yeah. And yeah, shout out Mo Bamba one more time. I'll fucking, I don't know how many threes he hit, but they were all straightaway threes, like off the yeah, fucking pop, yeah. like from straight at the top of the key. I, I didn't know he even had that in him. So, you know, all the residents of Bomba Island, if you're still listening, if you're still out there, uh, have a bonfire tonight, you know, do your thing. Because, uh, you know, seven great threes. Game but seven three seven pointers. Three. Unbelievable. If he's going to do that, he, he might pan out, uh, you know, in the end. We'll, we'll, hey. we'll see. We'll, we'll put a pin in that one. But yeah, Embiid, like, that's what I, I, I'm doubling down on it. I said it last week. Even if you're not going to trade Simmons, make another little trade. Like, sure. uh, it, it, fine, if you're not going to trade Simmons. You have a few other tradable guys that you could, uh, you know, I just think they, they would really, you know, do well finding one more uh, reliable perimeter guy. Like, see mm-hmm. if you can pry Eric Gordon away from, uh, you know, Houston or, or someone like that uh, to, to help you out. Because, again, Embiid's not has shown that yes he can look like the most dominant player in the nba and he can go on stretches like this but nothing is guaranteed with him he could take a bad fall he, he falls on the ground a lot for a guy his size he has injury history um and uh there's just the fact that he could kind of wear himself out trying to keep this team uh you know high mm-hmm. up in the standings and by playoff time he's not going to look like, like the same guy so even if you're not going to trade simmons get out there be a buyer because i think philly uh I, I think in the right matchup with Embiid on and, you know, all those other shooters that they have, uh, you know, doing their thing. And, and like I'm saying, if you add one more kind of peripheral piece, um, I, I think these guys could actually be a tough second round matchup for, for one of the, for sure. you know, the best teams in the East. Like, I don't know if, you know, a fully healthy Sixers team with Joel dominating like this, I don't know if they would lose to the Bulls. I don't know if oh, you know, I don't know. Vucevic would be like a hole through the floor, man. Yeah, well, exactly. Like I think Embiid would just sort of overpower them down low. And then even in a series against the Nets, like I, I know the Nets would kind of have their way on the perimeter, but no, Claxton there's, there's again, no same one. thing. Claxton yeah, there's no one that floor. would be able to deal with Embiid. Yeah. Like, and so you know, I could see even a series like that being close. The Bucks, obviously, I think they'd struggle with because. But but that being said, are you do you really want Giannis guarding Embiid at all times? If Brooke Lopez isn't going to be out there, a, mm. a guy who can kind of match Embiid at least size wise, height wise, um, you know, who who are you going to put on Embiid? So I don't know. I, I think Philly's you know ceiling with Embiid playing like this is uh, I, I don't know h- higher than I realized at the beginning of the season, and yeah, I, I maybe should have given their guys more credit. But I think yeah, even if you're not going to trade Simmons, you could, you can update this uh, or upgrade, I should say, this this roster in, in a small way, and it, it might make a big difference. So you know we'll 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 see what they do at the deadline here. Obviously, trading Simmons is what we've been begging for for months now. So. Hopefully that goes down, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, Embiid has been on a fucking tear. I, I don't even know what to say. Well, and again, it's been, it's, it's so funny. Cause again, you mentioned you're like, cause, cause by the way that the East standing sound, like when you look at it, just for the, like where people are sitting, you're like, okay, upper tier, mid tier, lower tier. And then like the out of the playoffs guys. Yeah. And it's funny though, the difference between first place and sixth place currently at guys of this recording. So this would be now when you're listing Friday at the, uh, you know, uh, in the, what would that be? The 21st of January, yeah. uh, a two and a half game difference between first and sixth place yeah. in the Eastern conference. So yeah. you win two games, the first place team goes on a skid, which has been happening. Then you yeah. could be first place theoretically from the six seed I mean, within two, uh, like a week. 
which sneaking is into nuts. it. Your your dark horse, like the Heat, are in second place. I didn't even know that. Until and I they're, right they have now. technically like they're tied because like they have one more win but one more loss. Ooh, yeah, so yeah, them yeah. and the Bulls are like right neck and neck. Uh, yeah, exactly. But and, and I mean, and we're good to get to the Bulls really quickly here. But uh, I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's it's wide open. I mean, if the Sixers can get a favorable, uh, you know, seed, if they get like a one or a two seed, like. The, I mean, Embiid's going to cakewalk his way through the playoffs those first two rounds almost. I mean, it's going to be yep. uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, and then and then one last thing, you know, that's funny. I, I just wanted to mention this because again, I I talk about this as much as I possibly can. Uh, but you know, the way that Jokic's MVP campaign is going right now, I, as much as I want to give him like my full endorsement, I can never do it because for me, if you're not in the top four seeds of your conference then I can't, I can't call you an MVP for me. It's yeah. about where your team falls. It's a lot about success and they would be obviously just out of that right now. I think they're about five games back from the four seed, uh, the yeah. four seeded Mavericks. So it's like, they're, uh, they're right there still. Like it's technically within reach, but like, it just it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So it's like Jokic is kind of in the Russell Westbrook situation for me, but it was yeah. easier for me to make that call. Cause I don't like Russ as yeah. a, <laughs> a, as a player. Uh, and so, but I love Jokic as a player. So it's like, man, I really wish I could root for this guy, but like, I have to have to lay, I have to lay with what I've said. I gotta, I gotta lay in the bed that lay I've made it, for baby. me, you know. And, lay, and I'm lay saying, with what you said. He, yeah, lay, I have I to, that, I have, I, yeah, I, I have, have to, to lay I have to with the with words it. that you said. Man. Yeah, you have I have to lay, lay it down. So I, I, and so yeah, he, I, for me, I just couldn't put him officially in like my MVP. Yeah, ranking. I respect that. I respect that. I respect. Like, we'll, we'll see what 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 you know where the nuggets finish at the end of the day because i could see them leapfrogging the mavericks maybe the jazz depending on on what happens but but i doubt it like i think the highest they could get is is, is fifth um and i think it's there for them to take but uh it, it is going to be tough where well, I, I agree I, I don't really give that much consideration to to teams that aren't even going to get first round or home court advantage in the first round of a playoff series like uh it, we've seen MVP candidates like LeBron James, like other guys take shitty ass teams and, and vault them to the, the top of the conference. Sure, so yeah. like we, we've seen it done before. So just for people uh, to go and start talking shit about them and make it like a bad thing that they even got to the finals and lost. Yeah, well, true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am one of those people. We'll, we'll get to that at some point. I'm sure we'll, we'll oh, have, yeah. we'll have the big debate. We'll have um, a, we'll, but, we'll uh, do a special <laughs> podcast. We're going to review every single NBA finals ever. That would be incredible. one episode starting in 47. <laughs> yeah. 1947, baby. Um, we'll but, see the first yeah. jump shot happen. Whatever yeah. that guy's name was from that episode yeah. of trivia. Fuck, fuck you. Jump, with that jumping Joe. Um, but, you know, back to Jokic, like I, I, I like M- Michael Malone, the, the coach of the Nuggets going, going all, like uh, basically a media tour saying Jokic mm, doesn't get mm-hmm. enough respect. And I, I agree uh, that he's probably one of the most, kind of disrespected or, or uh, kind of forgotten. like afterthought. Yeah. Yeah. Forgotten uh, uh, defending MVPs that we've got. But I do think a lot of that is just Denver's record. Like if they were yeah, up there, top sure. three, top three in the conference, they'd, they, I, I think he'd definitely be squarely in that conversation. Um, and so a lot of people put him there even now, but uh, yeah. just too many injuries to the nuggets, you know, bad luck for with, with MPJ and, and, and Murray and uh, you know, uh, even missing Barton for, for that time in the past. Like there's been a lot of kind of, injury concerns with the nuggets. So hopefully they can sort that out going forward because mm-hmm. another guy, another guy, you don't want to waste his prime. You, you want uh, to surround, you, you don't need much around Jokic. He, he mm-hmm. can make almost anybody work, but you know, give him something. That's why, you know, we'll, we'll get to the three team deal and, and um, them adding Bryn Forbes in a bit, which I, which I think will help them out. But 
yeah, we'll, we'll see where the Nuggets finish uh, in the standings at the end of the day before we can really evaluate the, the Jokic MVP case. Well, and, uh, you know, to move on now uh, to, to uh, another contending teams. Uh, well, yeah, teams, plural there. Uh, their, their matchup. Because, uh, again, they, they, it, one, one really needed this win. The other one, you know, again, it's all gravy for them. And uh, we're talking about the Chicago Bulls taking on uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, this one was a, it was a close one. It came down to the wire, honestly. Uh, and, again, like when I watch the Cavs, I look at the team, and it's just like I can't believe how good they've gotten so quickly. Because whenever yeah. I see the like the lineup, I'm like, they're gonna get smoked. I'm like, there's no way they're gonna compete. And then it's like they they they're they're winning the game uh, yeah. at times, uh, especially against a team like this. Uh, but I mean, the Bulls finally ending their uh, their losing streak. Uh, they they were able to get into the win column here, and they uh, were able to beat a, a tough Cleveland team. So uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's a great sign for them because uh, again, we were talking about them. You know, maybe uh, maybe being frauds. Uh, they st- yeah. I still have the fraudulent alert button sitting right here on my desk in front of me. I'm not afraid to do uh, what it. What color is it? What color? Is oh, it? Bl- just red. Beat red. Beat red. Uh, yeah, okay. Beat red, man. Uh, so I'm, I, I, it's looking tempting. I've even got a little light that flickers behind it. So it's like, oh man, it's okay, kind of like yeah. the easy button from yeah, uh, I was Staples. Say, Staples. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And instead of saying that was easy, it goes, they're a fraud. Uh, <laughs> So it, it was nice to see, though. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, Debo hitting the dagger uh, shot to kind of uh, put them ahead. It was almost, uh, I think, almost two whole minutes of game left, but uh, it really yeah. stretched the lead out, took the 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 energy uh, completely uh, from the crowd. Uh, I mean, in, in a good way, uh, you know, yeah. the, this one being in Chicago. So, yeah. uh, I mean, Jordan, uh, I wanted to get your, uh, your take here in a second, but, you know, I, I was – as much as I was impressed with DeRozan and Vucevic – you know, I really think Ayu Dasumu needs a little bit more love. The uh, the yeah. second round pick, uh, also from the Illinois area, might actually yeah, be Chicago, Chicago native. I think, uh, I think yeah, so. uh, just had his number retired, his high school number. Uh, yeah. So shout outs to to Ao. Uh, but and, and also Kobe White, someone we've talked to, uh, so we've talked to uh, about a couple times here. Uh, you know, really stepping up uh, in these games for for them when they're when they're lacking uh, and coming yeah. off the bench, like the the depth at guard is tremendous with this team yeah, for sure. And yeah, like, like you're talking about these guys stepping up cause they had no Levine and they had no Lonzo ball who, uh, you know, we, we got news is going to be out. Uh, I think they said about eight weeks, which is, a yeah, I heard six to eight blow. weeks was the quote, which is, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. Huge, huge blow for, you know, Chicago who we've mentioned is already kind of struggling here and they, they did really need this win. And but, yeah, that's, Hey, silver lining. We always got to find one here. The ball eagle, Alex Caruso was oh, back. I, I mean, Matty Ice did right. hit a nice three at one point, <laughs> which everyone gets fired up about. But Alex Caruso yeah. was also back. Had a huge You're chase right. down block at one point in the game. Yeah, yeah. No, they they sorely needed him. Like, at least, at least, uh, yeah, balls out. But Caruso's back because they need those defensive-minded guards to, you know, really bring them energy and, uh, you know, extra possessions and, and, and mm-hmm. all that. But uh, just soon move for sure. And, yeah, Kobe White, like, he he's he's really showing you know why he was such a high draft pick and uh you know doing doing sort of things that i I didn't see happening for him yet this year especially with those other guards that were you know ahead of him in the depth chart so 100 percent the you know the kobe white uh play and his development continuing can be another kind of silver lining uh with uh levine and ball out uh, for for however long that that they're both out of the lineup and uh you know, I, I got to give credit to Nick Vucevic though, because my God, like 24 and, and 12, he actually had a, you know, a, a classic kind of vintage Orlando Vucevic game, which they, they sorely needed 
uh, and against two of the best uh, big men defenders in the entire league, both on the same team, you know, Mobley and Allen uh, usually give guys a lot of trouble, uh, you know, post scores, but uh, Vucevic really, you know, uh, you know, showed why he can sometimes be, be worth his contract and DeRozan dropped a 30 piece. And Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was Chicago, uh, you know, guys stepping up Desunmu, you know, he he went, what did he go? Three for four from three, seven for eight from the field uh, and had eight assists. Like, uh, they, they really found a gem there. And well, man, some people um, thought like he, like I, he was one of those guys. I was like, I can't believe he's fallen this far. Cause he was projected to yeah. go first round in a lot of mock drafts. So it, it's and again, he's, it's a freaking athletic young point guard. Like yeah, take six, a chance. Four, yep. he's yeah. got an okay jumping, like jump shot. Like you might give him a shot. I don't know. I would, I would have been fine with pretty much any team taking him. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, the sh- Chicago where we're, we're sort of talking about how they've mortgage their future and you know uh, this this team's going to be uh kind of cash strapped and and with with no way out if this team doesn't work but they're actually looking like they've got a few nice young players especially when they get patrick williams back at some point see how he looks uh you know healthy mm-hmm. on an nba court but yeah kobe white and disumnu and um you know a few of their other young guys uh even even tony tony bradley these days getting getting some 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 minutes Mm-hmm, uh, and, mm-hmm. and playing decently well, um, you know the, the the Bulls definitely needed this win, and uh, it it was close. I, I I definitely would have expected Cleveland to win this one, honestly, with with uh, you know the way they've been playing and Chicago missing those guys. It, it started off as the uh, Lowry Market and Revenge game, a little yeah, bit. He had a yeah. really good game, twenty eight and seven, um, hitting a you know a bunch of threes, and um, you know uh, Mobley was doing his thing, Garland was doing his thing. As a bit of a subpar game for Jared Allen, at least scoring the ball. He did have 10 boards, but only put up six points. And um, Kevin Love off the bench with 13 and eight. So, you know, Cle- Cleveland put up a good fight too. They're, they're still a really good team. But uh, again, I, I think Cleveland really, really sorely misses uh, a actually good wing player. Like they've mm-hmm. got enough fucking bigs, so many that they're starting marketing at the three because yeah, uh, yeah. they have nowhere else to go. Um, and he's been doing okay, but that's he's, he's playing out of position, plain and simple. So. Uh, I would, I would love to see, you know, Cleveland uh, get, get out there and, and, and try and make a trade for, for someone. I, uh, I, I don't know who they would send back, who Utah would be interested in, but the Joe Ingles expiring contract, if he sure. made his way to, to the Cavs, I think he'd really help them. Uh, Eric Gordon, like we talked about before, you know, one of the, one of the few kind of veterans that's definitely going to be available at the deadline that uh, is showing he can still really play and, oh, and man. you know, help a team defensively and, you know, shooting the three, someone, yeah. anyone would really help them. No, I and I think that, that that would actually be an interesting spot because I've kind of had the same idea. Uh, and, and before I, I want to give you the the, I'll throw who who I'm thinking of there. Uh, I'm sure people who listen to the podcast probably know who I'm going to say. Uh, but <laughs> I, I just want to point out this was a funny matchup to me, just from like being a basketball nerd slash just weird guy uh, in general. Uh, watching it, I was like, cool that we get to see like the really small team face the really tall yeah, true, team because like the rosen starts like the four most of the time yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you've yeah. got laurie market and he's seven foot playing as yep. a like they have three that's seven three. footers on the court like that's insane for a starting five like, i remember when the uh i mean then they have garland who like you know obviously drops it down pretty low because it means at least about six one six two uh yeah. but I, I like i remember when people were freaking out about the sixers when they had like their average height of six seven or six eight or yeah, yeah. five when like it was like josh richardson was their smallest guy with that was six six uh yeah. that that's what they remind me of so it was funny when i'm like okay we get to see like is it better to have just a bunch of short guys shooting the ball running around or just like get tall guys and beat them up down low what what works yeah. uh yeah exactly. I mean, 
it doesn't really, it, 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 I guess smalls win against tall. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's, you, that's the takeaway. Congratulations. To be to small, congratulations to small people everywhere. I mean, me and Jordan are both respectfully six foot eight. So, I mean, we can't relate. Yeah. Uh, but we stand uh, a short hate. King, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I couldn't imagine what it'd be like being like five eleven or something. Uh, that'd be embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, another thing I wanted to mention though, you know, you're talking about like Utah, like, I mean, a guy like Kevin Love, who why how come Kevin Love doesn't get any love for uh six man of the year? No, that's what I'm thinking. Oh well, he's saying in love in market. general, but like yeah, man, yeah, yeah. he comes off the bench and he's a beast. He does he, yeah, he right. impacts the game a ton for them. Like to have Kevin Love off the bench at this point, uh, and he can just take over and give you know the like Mobley and Allen. Obviously, him and Allen are, are completely different players, but like he's able to take the like the like they can take the foot off the gas for two seconds and he can hold the wheel and get them going. Like it's uh, I, I, I don't know why more people aren't. Let's kick like, off. Let's I, kick off the campaign right now. So, uh, it, it, so 14 and seven is what he's averaging uh, and 40% from three. Like, yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's six man numbers ish. Like for sure. that's, that's around. Why not? Like, and like he's on a winning team. Year yeah. You know what? I agree with you, Matt. I think yeah. this is a good take. No, I don't really. Th- Kevin this Love is, for six man of the year. There's really not any uh, huge like runaway for six man of the year right now. Like nobody, no, there's no, not no, really that's... any super subs right now that are floating around. But I mean, uh, I mean the days of the Jamal Crawfords and Lou Williams maybe uh, are are behind us. If we were just uh, yeah. we were spoiled there for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, what a crazy turn of events though. If if Kevin Love were to actually win win the six man of the year award, you know after. Be, being you know obviously a championship or winning a championship 2016 and mm-hmm. uh it was a rebound champ in in 2011 and you know the, his all-star appearances it'd be uh, a really funny arc to his career but 100 percent, i think he deserved it this year because no one else even comes to mind my pick before the year was was derrick rose and uh he's you know played okay he's started uh maybe uh, i'd have to look into it but possibly started enough times to kind of disqualify him from yeah yeah from six man of the year that's kind of like the uh, same thing with like patty mills right like he's yeah. kind of started come off the bench like 50 50 yeah and what tyler hero does he even come off the bench anymore i know that was your pick yeah right? he's yeah tyler hero was my pick and that was fire fire pick to start the oh, year yeah uh, oh he God. was going off i mean he's still probably like if you were gonna like like pull around still people probably would say tyler hero because yeah he doesn't start still yeah. i think he has started games but he's still yeah, yeah, off yeah. the bench mostly yeah, yeah. No, but you're right, Matt. Yeah, Kevin Love, six man of the year case. I'm going to an eye for bench guys, man. Right I, now. I don't know, man. If I, if any team needs like a scout just to find guys who are like not good enough to be like <laughs> like be a star, but like they can yeah. be a good second stringer. I I got the eye for it. Uh, All right. But uh, to to move over now to a more contender talk. I mean, uh, I think I, I want to give them the nickname, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Contender Killers. Uh, yeah. Whenever they seen a matchup contender against these players. teams that. Yeah, I mean, w- whenever they're up there, uh, you know, it's the, I mean, they're not David, but they're taking on all these Goliaths and they they win pretty decisive games. Like, I mean, uh, yep. some of these were close, but I mean, in the past two weeks, uh, just uh, to name a couple, I mean, they they beat down the Nets, they beat they beat down the Warriors, <laughs> uh, and then they had a, a tight one, but the, uh, all in all, a pretty solid, convincing win over the Grizzlies. Uh, yeah. And in this one, the Grizzlies were missing uh, on Wednesday night, this is, uh, the Grizzlies, you know, they, they were missing a couple guys, Dylan Brooks, uh, out with an ankle injury, uh, and Desmond Bain also out, uh, two of their top shooters on the team. Uh, they bring a lot of offense and, uh, defense as well to, to, uh, to the team. So it's, it, it's still a big win though. Uh, and again, a close game, John Morant was doing his thing. 
Uh, Grayson Allen looks sick. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, he had a couple, he had a nice dunk. He's hitting his shots, but uh, I, I, it, it's funny. Cause again, I, I mentioned this to you before we kicked the show off, but uh, you know, as I said, the bucks have beaten all these teams that might be like, you know, going to the finals this year, but then they can't beat the Hornets. They lose back to back to them. They can't beat the Raptors. They, they haven't, yeah. they, they're zero and five. I think in the last times they played the Raptors historically, they can't get a win against them yeah. in the regular season. Uh, and then they haven't, uh, they, 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 they lost to the Hawks, a team that they beat in the conference finals last year, which, you know, whenever you play a team that you play in the playoffs the, the next year, it's always a little bit personal. Uh, yeah, sure. so I mean to lose them, like it's, I don't get why they that's why they're not really like, I, cause when I ever look at the standings, I'm like, they should be probably in top two by now. Cause they're beating yeah. all these big teams, but it's like, no, when they play like their off days, they, they don't match the level of their competition. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've just, cause Milwaukee used to be the team that beat up on all the bad teams. Mm-hmm. Like, like they, they, and, and they were on pace a couple of years ago to, for like the 70 win mark and, you know, all those really, really strong regular seasons. And, um, you know, to, to toot my own horn over here, Matt, I, nice. I kind of predicted this sort of leveling off of their effort in the regular season. I didn't mm-hmm. see them really going uh, for that, you know, one seed, like a, their life depended on it, like they've kind of done in the past. I think they've kind of calmed down and realized it's a long game and that uh, come playoff time, uh, if they're healthy, they match up pretty well against pretty much anyone in the, you know, the damn league. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, they, th- I think that they think they're going to be fine. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's mostly what it is. I think if they really, really cared, they, they would be beating the bad teams as well. But, mm. uh, I, I do put more stock into the fact that, you know, they're, they're showing up for, for these games. Yeah. Against the Nets and the Warriors and in a close one against, you know, shorthanded Memphis, but, um, you know, still probably one of the hottest teams, uh, if not the hottest in the NBA right now. Um, and one sure. of the best stories of the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, they're, they're hot and playing well. And John Morant's looking like, you know, he needs a spot at the MVP table himself. So, oh, for uh, sure. you know, a, a, a hell of a win for Milwaukee, who is finally kind of whole again, like Drew Holiday, they brought him off the bench, but he's playing uh, and, and looked pretty good last night. Uh, still without uh, Brooke Lopez, no idea when he'll come back, though. I did hear that he was uh, at a practice recently, so. Uh, you know, we'll see. He just had they're not going to rush I him believe. back. No, no. I mean, I mean they no haven't already. We're all we're over halfway of the season, so I mean, yeah, yeah. And so you know, I, I won't even consider him. And you know, otherwise they're they're kind of back to full health because they you know Connaughton missed time, DiVincenzo missed time, guys in health and safety. I believe you know there there was quite a few guys uh, mm-hmm. at a certain point, but you know Middleton had a really good game, twenty seven seven and seven, and Giannis had obviously the monster stat line, thirty three fifteen and seven for him, and. uh yeah, I, I think the Bucks, they're they're they to me they're the scariest team in the NBA. Like even more than the Suns. As much as I respect the Suns and uh, you know think that they have probably the best shot of anyone out west to 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 get to the finals, I kind of feel the same way about Milwaukee. But uh, you know a little bit uh, a little bit more confident. Like I, I I've heard a lot of people with the take recently that the most likely thing is Milwaukee versus Phoenix again in the finals. And yeah. right now I probably think that's true. And honestly, though, right now, if Phoenix doesn't sort of just kind of stands pat, if, if both teams don't make any changes, I think Milwaukee would win again. I think yeah. there would be no one, still no one, and no scheme to, to cover up the fact that Giannis was just, just going to run amuck on you. Like a, a full, a fully healthy Giannis that now already has a championship under his belt. He, yeah, yeah, he's going to feel pretty good going into yeah. that one. Well, exactly. So, I don't know. Like, the, the, the Nets are still lurking, like, as, as a team that I think 
uh, Milwaukee would still really struggle with. That depth they sucks, were man. That depth stinks. Got, well, you're you're right. That's what I'm saying. Like hey, every, hey, every I don't know day if you that saw. goes by, it was, I'm like, it was only like an hour ago. Paul Millsap and the Nets are mutually parting ways. I knew it. I knew yep. I mean, they were going to have to part with someone like whether, cause they've, they, they signed all these kind of names that used to be B people, but now are pretty washed up. And then they're kind of peripheral other guys that no one's really heard of have actually been playing better. So they yeah. have to, you know, they decide so, between Griffin Millsap or somebody. And, well, and yeah, so I'm not surprised from what I gather from the report there, I think they're not releasing him, but they're going to be trading him to a contender. I think. Oh, gotcha. So okay. I, I think that I, at least maybe uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding what I read, or maybe uh, I'm just uh, you know too too full of it to remember at this point uh, correctly. <laughs> but I, I know that the the whole thing was you know he wanted to go to a contender where he actually would be able to play essentially since he's been just stashed away. I don't think he I think he's probably had a couple DNPs if I'm being honest. Like our, yeah, our enemy, I think he has. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so, he was out for like personal reasons at some point. Like there was I, I'm not sure exactly what was going on, but yeah, he he was not been getting any. Kind yeah. of playing time at all well, but, i mean again uh, when you get a team full of 45 year olds to just be your bench i mean the it's, again yeah the lakers same difference like it's uh yeah. it, it's it, it's brutal um but, but no i i definitely agree I, I i think right now uh yeah the nets are one of the only teams that may be able to you know, really compete with uh with with the bucks right now uh but i think that even the refs know that you know the the Bucks are going to be you know going deep into the playoffs, uh, and I think that they believe in the Grizzlies too because like this game, especially in the fourth, was that this was refed and officiated like a like a playoff game. It, yeah, the, yeah. They really swallowed right. the fucking whistle. I mean, at the end of the game, there was a couple of set like I think it was two minutes left, and I mean, if you're a Grizzlies fan, like you have a right to be a little bit pissed. They were playing hard, hard ass like a hard ass full court trap. And, yeah. uh, you know, they were pushing and they were kind of trying to, you know, force that foul. Uh, yeah. and, and then they ended up, you know, passing it down. And I think Giannis got an and one dunk out of it. And, the yeah, next after, and then the Grizzlies were all like, well, what the fuck? Like, what, what can we even do? Like, it was great in the beginning when they all, they were really, everyone was battling. Like Jaron Jackson Jr. was really showing, uh, like he's legit, uh, a guy yeah. who really gets slept on. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he had a couple nice, uh, you know, take it, just take him to the rim, like, uh, off the table, yeah. like he's, He's looked really strong this year. Uh, I mean, not a guy who's going to get in, but, you know, maybe he should have got some more uh, all-star love, all-star consideration this year. He's definitely not going to get in, but maybe he should have got a little bit more. Um, oh, yeah. But, but no, it was, uh, it was nice to see. Uh, it's always nice when, you know, we get to see – it's not like playoff hockey or anything, uh, but it's nice when we get to see a little bit of playoff basketball uh, yeah. atmosphere going down. Because, again, hey – it's probably, it's probably not going to happen, but, I mean, a Grizzlies versus Bucks finals would be crazy. It would be entertaining for sure. Oh, hell yeah. Like Memphis is so fucking fun. They're so, they're so deep. Mm -hmm. They have so many, uh, you know, guys who just come in and, and do their job well. And yeah, Jaron Jackson, like he, he, he can still hit the three. He, uh, he, he, he shot, he had two last night. He shot uh, two for six, mm -hmm. um, you know, so, so not the most efficient uh, night there, but he still stretches you out. You have to respect him out there. But the, the thing this year that's really changed about him is he's become an insanely good defender. Like he had four blocks against the Bucks. I think he's second in the league in either, I just saw it the other day, it's either in, in blocks per game or, or total blocks, but he's, you know, sneakily, you know, top five uh, shot blocker in the NBA. He's kind of become that, that this year um, and really anchoring their defense alongside uh, Steven Adams a lot of the time. Um, and, uh, you know, John Morant uh, is just becoming – he reminds me of like early kind of Derek Rose and hundred percent and Westbrook uh, when mm -hmm. he, you know, wasn't being crazy, but like these, insane but he's got a jumper. 
fast. Yeah, exactly. He hit a really deep one last yep. night, uh, which was, you know, just so crazy to see if he really starts hitting that consistently, kind of like, you know, Dame Lillard or, or Steph. He's never going to be Steph, but, you know, that that same kind of, you know, as soon as he gets over half court, if, if he if, oh, then it's know, over teams, teams really start to respect that, but he can still get to the rim and like the blink of an eye, like, my God, he's such an exciting young player. And uh, the Grizzlies, like what I wrote down watching this game, like I, I think because people have been kind of having the debate the past couple of weeks when the Grizzlies have really ascended in the standings. Mm-hmm. Like, do you go sort of all in this, this year, try to make a, a trade to get some veterans in, in that group that, uh, as we mentioned, I think a long ass time ago in one of our trivias or, or just when we were reviewing, I don't know that they have no one even over 30, like their oldest yeah, guys yeah. are Steven Adams and, and slow-mo Anderson. I think they're both like 28 and you, you never see, you pretty much never see like really, really successful teams that go deep in the playoffs without at least a couple veterans, uh, you know, over 30 sure, who, who've sure, kind of yeah. been there and done that. So I, I think that's necessary for them. So people have been asking, you know, debating whether you just kind of stand pat or, or, uh, you know, make a trade for someone like that. And I think the energy is so good with this team and they're already a, such a pleasant surprise that you just leave it alone. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to get a good sort of seed at the end of the day. And I, I think they've got a good chance to win a first round series. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I think you've got to, if there's an offer that blows you away, like if there's someone, there's a really, there, there's a good veteran that can contribute that, that you can pick up for, for a decent price because they've got draft capital. They can trade. They've, they've got sure. tradable contracts left and right. Like if there's, there's a really good offer on the table, I, I, I think, you know, you'd be stupid if you're the Grizzlies not to at least consider it. And then for them, I think the, the thing you got to really keep your eye on is next year, because I think, this year, you know, getting the playoffs, uh, they, they will make the playoffs. You know, if, if, if everything goes right, uh, they would, you know, they'd really have to, they'd have to fall apart. Oh yeah. Like need to be a disaster. Um, you <laughs> like know, for, Troy, for them man. to miss out. Yeah, exactly. So they're going to get in there, whether they lose in the first round or, or make it to the second, have a competitive, whatever happens, they're going to get that experience. But next year I think is when you, whether that's the off season or, or through a trade at some point, bring in some veterans, you know, make some tough decisions about personnel, who you liked, who's, you know, who you really want to keep around because they're going to have to make those decisions because there's just so many good, mm. or I, I guess you'd say, you know, decent to good NBA players uh, on this roster. They, they're going to need to consolidate a little bit. And then I don't know, Memphis is, is going to be good for years to come if they don't bungle this because uh, Desmond Bain and John Morant as a backcourt fucking fire. Uh, and then mm-hmm. Jaron Jackson jr. Uh, as your kind of defensive anchor and, and center who can, you know, shoot the three. That's, that's a hell of a good, uh, combo going forward. So future's bright in Memphis. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll say that. I don't know if, you know, it'll happen really, uh, in terms of a deep playoff run for them this year, but it, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I, 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 I'm seeing some, uh, some legendary things coming in, uh, John Morant's future. Uh, someone, someone yeah. we gotta, we gotta keep a close eye on moving forward. Uh, but yeah. as we move forward into the podcast, uh, I mean, it wouldn't be an episode of big dog ball talk with a bit of a uh, trade speculation, trade rumors. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Get some gossip going, some hot goss with the fellas, <laughs> hot goss with the fellas. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, can it's we change a little the bit podcast to that, that. Can that be the name of the podcast, please? Yeah. Hot goss with the fellas. With the That's fellas? better actually. Yeah. I like that better yeah. too. Okay. Um, Okay. One, yeah, this is this is one I wanted to share, uh, you know, with everyone. I mean, we, we we were talking about it before the podcast, and we've seen some reports that uh, it may not be, uh, you know, 100% accurate, could have been false claims. Uh, a Sabonis for uh, De'Aaron Fox 
uh, oriented package, uh, a trade there, obviously yeah. the purple team from California getting some bonus, uh, and some other assets. Uh, and then the, the, uh, Mr. Fox, not going to the Timberwolves, but going to the Pacers, uh, <laughs> the it's, uh, yeah, really stupid that they don't want more, ant, uh, they don't want, uh, the Fox for ant and cat, but, uh, I mean, yeah. the trade, again, we were talking about it, like, cause it's fun to analyze. I, I think that these are probably the two guys who I will be traded by the deadline. Yeah, because I think yeah. they're the biggest and names floating around too. I think like most attractive uh, yeah. for any team to really want to go out and get, whether you're a contender or not. Yeah, obviously, other than you know Ben Simmons, that's you know the name that's always out there. But sure, again, but you got you got to give up there, Michael Jordan no first to get him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you know, there's no indication that anyone's close on on that. So mm-hmm. yeah, for sure, De'Aaron Fox and and Sabonis, and you know, obviously Turner was publicly you know he kind of quasi demanded a trade himself made made it made it clear he was unhappy with his role in indiana but he's now hurt and that's kind of affected his stock uh, especially on a team that would have been counting on him this year to to make a difference for them going mm-hmm. into the playoffs if if you can't even count on him to be healthy uh you know there, there's not as much of an, uh, of an incentive to trade for him before the deadline necessarily so i think that puts even more the, the likelihood that Sabonis get trade, gets traded even, you know, at an even higher sort of clip here. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but, but yeah, so this is from slam. It, it says, uh, here's the editor's note on Wednesday reports stated that the Kings were shopping gear and Fox and trade talks with the Pacers and 76ers. Since then, the athletic has reported that the Kings have reportedly reversed course and will not trade Fox. So I don't know who to believe because there is the, the original report came from, some guy at the sack uh, at the the um, some city B some place yeah I'm not sure what's what what places I've never actually heard of it um, but that seems pretty legit because you know if you're actually there uh, around yeah, the yeah. team all the time like I, I usually trust like the local reporters over anything so you know yeah maybe the athletic then sort of uh, reported something in contradiction but I definitely don't think it's completely off the table that De'Aaron Fox no. gets traded because. We were told, and DeMar DeRozan was told that he wasn't going to get traded, but, you know, the Kawhi De- Leonard deal just hadn't come along yet. So things yeah. like this, you know, these, these things change in an instant. It all depends what's available for a player. Um, because as you said before, uh, you know, any, pretty much anyone is tradable. So facts, big facts, um, tattoo yeah. that one on your body. <laughs> I'm tradable. You, Anyone's you could, replaceable. I, like you could, you could, you could tell me tomorrow you're, you're getting Nico in here instead of me. And no, I, well, I was going to say, I'll no trade I'm going to trade you and two first round picks for Bill Simmons. <laughs> I'm going all in, baby. I'm going all in. <laughs> Bill. Yeah. I mean, I'll take it. I, you and I Bill are run, pretty much I the get, same. Well, I get to run the ringer. I get to, yeah. uh, you know, you do all my, I'm actually helping you, man. I'm sending you to a contender. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I'm, trying, um, I'm trying to help you, man. Let me help you. Uh, I'm on an expiring, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Deer and Fox. I, I would like to see him get moved though. And all, you know, we're, mm. since, since we're talking about him, because, like th- th- this fucking editor's note goes on to say the key, uh, the, the team, the purple team we're, we're s- not going to mention uh, wants to build around Aaron Fox and Tyrus Halliburton. And I'm no. like, yeah, okay, go ahead and build around those two if you want, but they, they're going to continue to kind of cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't need two point guards. You don't need to quote unquote, build around two guys that play at the same position um, and who obviously are better with the ball in their hands. So 
I think you keep Halliburton if, if you're smart. And, the, and this, this team we're talking about is not smart, so they'll no. probably do the opposite of what I'm recommending that they do. But mm-hmm. if I was them, I would keep I would keep Tyrese and trade Fox because I think you know for Fox you get a pretty decent package. I think you can oh, talk sure. into you know someone who needs a point guard uh, into giving you something you know pretty decent back. Um, but you know uh, uh, whoever they decide to trade, I, I said this way 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 back. Just make something, make make some fucking move because. Um, th- this team, their your absolute ceiling is maybe sneaking into the play. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. and and if that's what you want to do, then fucking fine. But you have the Barnes contract, you have the Buddy Heald contract, like pretty sizable ones that uh, you know you can move and and make some pretty interesting, you know, pretty interesting stuff happen on the trade machine. Um, and then you know, when moving to to Sabonis, uh, if if he's unhappy, uh, and you know the if he does want to move, like I always saw it playing out as Sabonis staying as a pacer and miles Turner being the one traded. Yeah. But um, you know, if, if Sabonis does move on, I, I would like to see him go to a better team than fucking Sacramento. I, I don't want to yeah, see him yeah, down there. For sure. I'd like to see him go to at least a semi okay team. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously trade talks are going to continue to heat up. Um, but uh, the, as much as I like talking about these these two guys, I just want a Simmons trade, baby. That, that that's all I want at the end of the day. So well, Jordan, we'll, we'll see. I, I want I want to pick your brain. Uh, one of them I already told you about, but I'm going to tell you about the one that I came up with myself when I first yeah. saw these reports. Uh, so let's say uh, you know maybe uh, someone at the athletic is just being fed some BS. Uh, you know they're throwing uh, you know they're throwing the meat to the the wolves over there while they're distracting you yeah. from the pot of gold in front of you. Uh, <laughs> they're trying to take it from you, but uh, you're good. The uh, moon landing wasn't real. Shout out to the to RFD. Uh, but uh, I, here's here's the trade: the Indiana Pacers get De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, and the Pacers uh, first round pick. And then, and that they, that then they would get the least favorable. So, uh, the can't, so they'd be swapping first essentially. Uh, okay. and then the Kings would end up getting Jeremy lamb, Justin holiday, Sabonis and, uh, Goga Badaze. So they would get, uh, essentially a starting five where you, you would have Sabonis and Halliburton, uh, and then the Pacers, you'd have your, uh, your kind of three guard, uh, court with, uh, Fox Brogdon and, uh, Karis LeVert. If he's not also yeah. moved at, uh, some point before the trade deadline. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really think they would make either team that much better if I'm being honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I mean, it's, it's the trade that I think makes sense by the numbers if they're going to do it straight up. I mean, Marvin Bagley's only got yeah. one more year left. Uh, and then, I mean, the, you know, the Pacers can do whatever they want with them. They can run them and see if he works with, uh, with Turner, but I mean, probably wouldn't cause he's horrible. Like, I mean, I shouldn't say that cause Bagley actually had a pretty nice game uh, the other day uh but it yeah, was he's, he's gonna be doing better but still yeah but again like even that this was the best that i could come up with because i was like yeah this trade just doesn't make sense to do with each other i don't know why like yeah. that, that, that's why like, when you when you brought up like the report was uh possibly like it's not actually gonna happen i'm like yeah maybe they were just like wait are we just talking because we both want to move guys and we're just hoping we can think of something yeah like it, it yeah. seems so forced i i know it's it's weird like i also like I don't think you need another point guard if you're Indiana if you're going to keep uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think Malcolm Brogdon and De'Aaron Fox are a good backcourt. Again, there's a lot of there are a lot of NBA teams that could use De'Aaron Fox uh, as like a speedy point guard who has shown that he can. He's a good sort of reader of the game, like a guy who can play the pick and roll and uh, you know make smart passes and is is still super young. You can kind of mold him. He's mm-hmm. obviously having a really down year. 
by his standards. And I, I think that's just because he's miserable uh, down there um, and w- would, would like to be moved as soon as possible. Uh, if, you know, you gave him some truth serum, I think that's what he would say. So I, I don't know, like the, the fucking Knicks would, I, I think they would love having De'Aaron Fox. Um, the Celtics, if they could swing, a, you know, the, a, a deal for De'Aaron Fox, I think he could really help them. There's, there's, there's so many other teams, but not in sure, the end. Yeah. Like Malcolm yeah. Brogdon uh, is, is good. He's holding it down. They, they do not need a point guard. So, yeah, I, I, I understand or I kind of – I realize that these are the two teams that are likely to make a trade, like you said. I just don't think it's going to be with each other, between each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Uh, but, uh, you know, to move on to, uh, to the next part of the, uh, the podcast here, I mean uh, – we, we haven't seen a lot of it this year, but uh, the hot seat starting to really set some asses on fire here. Uh, and Frank Vogel, uh, he needs the fire extinguisher. AD, get off your injured ass and, uh, you know, pull, pull the nozzle out, sign on the card that's attached to it. Uh, make sure that they know that you were the one that did it, date it, sign it, and we'll uh, file it with the, uh, the fire marshals. It'll all be good. But please put Frank Vogel's hot seat out, man. Uh, it's, it's burning hot. It's... <laughs> The Lakers have, are not a team that are going to sit around and let a coach uh, be mediocre, especially when you have LeBron on it. Uh, no. And LeBron's also not going to want. I mean, he hasn't said anything, and he hasn't been, you know, LeBron has been known to point fingers at the coaching staff when he doesn't like them. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it hasn't come to that point. But, I mean, you definitely got to be thinking about a change, right, if you're, if you're the Lakers' front office. Well, for sure, but I'm also like, why isn't Palinka getting more blame for that? Why aren't the architects of this team getting more? Oh, they're horrible. Blame? They're they're stupid like, too. They're, they're like, I I get it, I, but Frank Vogel, like, you would think that if you won a championship, uh, you know, as a head coach a couple years ago, you'd have a little bit more job security. I understand that, especially when you go to a, a franchise like the Lakers you're and not to mention you you're you're coaching lebron that you are gonna probably be sacrificed uh unless you are sort of performing at your best because lebron teams uh they for for whatever reason over the years like it the the coach gets the axe first uh most of the time before anyone's gonna sort of take responsibility for for uh, the fact that LeBron's just kind of not making it work. And to be clear, it's not LeBron's fault at all. He's playing incredible kind of out of his mind uh, this season. I think he's not getting enough uh, recognition if that's even possible. Um, But uh, I don't know. I just, I feel like he, it definitely makes sense that he's on the hot seat. And I, I am not surprised by the reports at all, but I still just don't think he really deserves this. He's had so much shit to work with this year. Um, between uh, Russ and uh, the the freaking old folks home of, of role players that they have. And I, I think he's had one of the toughest jobs too, not to mention because uh, freaking he doesn't have the, the guy that anchors their defense for the past however long. Like Anthony Davis has been, uh, you know, out, how, how long has it been? Two, three weeks now um, that, that he hasn't been playing. And yeah, oh, I, well, I think even like, longer, man. It's been, it's been yeah, a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, Again, I, I understand it, and I'm not surprised. I would not be shocked if he gets fired, but this whole idea that he's being evaluated on a game-to-game basis is probably such a fucking hard thing to do as a head coach. Like, you're sort of, like, overthinking probably and, and sort of doubling back in your mind about every decision you've made each game. Like, that's not conducive to going out and sort of 
getting a you know free flowing win and you know, using your coaching instincts and that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I do think he, he's going to be a casualty, but I think it's, I think it's mostly because of the fucking Lakers stupid team building uh, strategy and the fact that they have nothing else to do. If you can't trade uh, any of your players, you, you go to firing your coach coach, sure. but like, who are they going to pick up midway through the season? That's really going to uh, change their playoff uh, outlook. Like, are they going to hire a new coach? Who, who do they, I, I'm not even sure who they have on the bench right now as an assistant. So, like they, yeah, it's good. You bring that up. Uh, they've got take that for data. Dave Fisdale, former Dave. coach of the Grizzlies and uh, and the Knicks. So I mean, uh, he he knows what it's like and, to, and, uh, to and be behind the it? helm. Not a good X's sure. and O's guy. <laughs> good motivator. Not a good X's and O's guy. Well, see, that's the thing. LeBron always LeBron doesn't need an X and o, X's and O's coach. He just wants someone you know to yeah to put on a brave face and you know act like he he's doing some coaching when LeBron's the one you know really drawing up all the plays and. Uh, you know, Fisdale was, was there in Miami with LeBron, you know, they, they've obviously got a relationship. So, um, yeah, like I, I, I could definitely see it happening. That just seems like the thing that's going to happen. But again, I, I think if there was a move to be made, a trade, an easy sort of pathway to improve this team first, I think in another situation, they would have tried that first. I, this literally just mm. seems like it's a little late thing in the do. season to do it too. Yeah. And it, it, it does seem weirdly late. Like I, I just, I, not that I feel bad for, you know, Frank Vogel is going to be making his millions no matter what happens, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just do think he's being used as the scapegoat here. And I, I don't, I don't know hundred percent if it's the right move because he is a good defensive coach and the Lakers won that championship in the bubble because they had an incredible defense that, uh, you know, really protected the rim well. And they, they used their, not, not just Anthony Davis, but Dwight Howard and, you know, their, their kind of role players, that uh and and all the fucking guys that are on washington balling out right now kcp yeah, and kuzma yeah. <laughs> like i was just thinking the other day how great would the lakers how, how much better would you feel about the lakers just just this season if they just hadn't made the rest trade like honestly they yeah they'd be had, so, kyle kuzma's averaging like 14 rebounds he's yeah he's a rebounding fucking monster <laughs> imagine kcp out there uh, actually someone who can actually defend on the perimeter and hit shots like it, it's really just that simple and and montrez Say what you will about him in the playoffs. Fuck the playoffs. They need to win some regular season yeah. games. Like oh, him yeah. coming off the bit uh, off the bench, uh, you know, being a beast down low like like he is. He I know he's kind of cooled off. He, he started the season really really hot, but MVP um, talks. <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> but like yeah, all they just the simple the the simple move of not trading for Russell Westbrook, the mm-hmm. Lakers would be so much better right now. And uh, my God, I, I yeah, I, I don't know, and and. What, what's Vogel going to do? Like is, is benching Westbrook the right move or is that going to get it was the, well, faster? Who knows? It, I think it was the right move. Cause again, he, he did do it in their last game and they still lost. So I mean, yeah, exactly. at the end of the day, like it's a lose, lose situation, but like you might as well try something. Like, I mean, yeah. it's only, it's been like four or five games. We've seen Russ single-handedly lose them the game. Like, yeah. before, like there's gotta be a point when you're like, you sit Russ down. He's got to understand like, look, 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 Russ, we got you in 4k, a thousand camera angles, people's phones, <laughs> like we've recorded this. Look, this is you, man. You're the one that's doing this to us. I know. I mean, can you fire an NBA player? Cause I mean, I think they'd be better firing uh, Russell Westbrook than, than uh, Frank. Yeah, true. And there there's, there's chatter again. Like, I, I don't know. I, I would be so, I would be so shocked if this actually were to happen, but, the John Wall for Russell Westbrook trade 
might actually be the only thing that makes sense. The, the trade that's already happened, you know, between Houston and Washington uh, a couple years ago now, I suppose. But like the, the uh, Houston was supposed to be playing John Wall, but it's not happening. He's, he's still yeah, just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. Um, and again, if, if you're just going to pay someone to do nothing, uh, and, and especially if you're Houston, if you want to lose games, trade for Russell Westbrook. He'll go out there. He'll, he'll play. Uh, he will lose you games faster than, you know, uh, having John Wall sit on the bench. So trade for Russell Westbrook. You will, you will be guaranteed uh, a top three pick for sure. Uh, yeah. He might screw with the development of, of Jalen Green and your other young guys, but they're already kind of wacky uh, down there in Houston anyway. So um, I don't know. And then, like I've mentioned before, I think John Wall would be a, a slight upgrade. I, not the best fit again with LeBron, but definitely, you know, anyone's better than Westbrook. So at this point, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if we'll see if the, those two teams have the, the balls to make that trade happen. Um, or if there would be any sort of, uh, you know, motivation from either side to do it, but it's, it's possible. And, uh, you know, if you threw Taylor Horton Tucker in that deal, maybe got Aaron, Eric Gordon back somehow, uh, that would, you know, really sort of turn around the, the fortunes of the Lakers uh, here, you know, making a trade like that, uh, getting rid of Russ, getting, bringing someone back in. But there's, there's really not a lot of options. I, I know we kind of discussed it last pod, but I just I don't think any team pretty much in the NBA would talk themselves into uh, trading for Russell Westbrook at this point, unless sure, yeah. you're trying to lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, uh yeah, it's seeming like almost an untradeable contract, but we'll, we'll see what they can do. Um, and again, I hope that, uh, you know, our listeners also agree with me on this. Fire Frank Vogel, they should have done it earlier, which is kind of what we were saying before, but like, the only, I think one of the only reasons they hold on is it's like, oh, well, he won us a championship. He's a championship yeah. coach. And it's like, who gives a fuck? So it was Ty Lue. Like, I mean, I, I mean, maybe I'm throwing, maybe he's Ty Lue's catching a stray there. But I mean, like, uh, like it's it was like his time in Cleveland. You can't say he was the fucking like he was the mastermind behind that championship. Like, you got a LeBron team. No, a LeBron team yeah. is not even counting. Like, I mean, Eric Spolster won one with Dwayne Wade and Shaq. So I mean, even then, like, it's still he's got the stars. But he was he was a big part of that team. Uh, yeah. Whereas you know Frank Vogel, it's like, come on, man. Like you were you were just you were just coaching the Magic to like shit records. Like I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to see her and act like you're a fucking you're you're Greg Popovich or something, right? Like, uh, well, I know. so yeah. so get, just part your ways. Give Fizdale the chance. Screw it. Why not? Maybe he'll he'll get get the most out of his guys. The motivator. Yeah. Uh, and, and and to finish out the podcast, you know, we we were talking about trades earlier on uh, into the show. Uh, we actually finally did have a trade. We talked about the almost three team yeah, trade. We did get a trade. It's a little baby trade. We won't spend too much time on it. But bull bull <laughs> is free. Goal is free. Thank the Lord. Uh, we thought he was going to Detroit, but uh, he's gonna be—he's gonna be nearby, not uh, too far away in his new destination. Uh, going to the Celtics along with PJ Dozier. Uh, the Nuggets uh, will be receiving Bryn Forbes, uh, a, a really big ad acquisition for them, getting a, yeah. a versatile scoring guard. Uh, and then the Spurs receiving uh, Juan Hernan Gomez, a 2028 second-round pick from the Nuggets, and then just some cash uh, considerations to you know make the money work. Um, but you know, Juan Hernan Gomez going to the Spurs, they get another tall, versatile guy can kind of play down European. low, play on the wing. Uh, a really solid NBA. Uh, yeah. the Celtics get a little bit more, you know, they get a, a, a kind of a stretch four, uh, can kind of slash through the paint. Uh, and then yeah. they get bull bull, uh, you know, 
the project, you know, who knows? Like they, I've heard the rumors that uh, the Celtics are looking to move Al Horford to get yep. help down low even still. So, I mean, maybe they'll, I, I think Bull Bull will get some burn down there. I mean, they fucking, they played Taco Fall. I don't yeah. know why they wouldn't play Bull Bull. Uh, right. and, then, and But again, the, I think that the, for the biggest uh, the biggest move of the, the three-team trade still has to be Bryn Forbes going to the Nuggets. I mean, yeah. I, I think he'll start, and I think he's going to get a lot of looks uh, in this system with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. I mean, this is, this is kind of as good as he gets for the Nuggets, I think, this year uh, when it comes to moves. go i'm picking it up uh for sure like Bryn forbes uh obviously not a guy who you can depend on defensively or to do too too much off the dribble but uh he's actually kind of sneakily been one of the best shooters uh and and in particular like spot up shooters uh in the league over the you know past few years like uh he he's a a a really a marksman you you saw that when he played with the bucks Last year, you know, famously, yep. he had more points than uh, Jimmy Butler in in their playoff series, mm-hmm. you know, the Bucks uh, versus the Heat. And uh, he's going to get, like you said, a hell of a lot of open looks uh, from three, from the corners, from the wings. And uh, it, it's 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 really good for the Nuggets. I, I think they they desperately needed another shooter. They're relying on guys like freaking Aaron Gordon to, to, you know, hit corner threes for you. And, and that's not to win the, the game. Well, yeah, you're right. I know to I, 10 I gotta props. Got to give him props. Um, but, uh, yeah, you just, uh, more really elite shooters around Jokic is Mm -hmm. a good formula. So, uh, I, I definitely think this is, this is a good move for them. And, and I I give, yeah, the nuggets, the sort of best trade grade, uh, in in this transaction for sure. And yeah, like the, uh, from Boston's perspective, bull bull, you know, why not, uh, sure. Yeah. Take, take a chance on, on a young guy with, with a lot of potential and, uh, I, I like Juancho Hernan Gomez down there with the Spurs. I think he, he's a guy that's going to fit right in culturally uh, with the Spurs organization. And uh, I think, I think they, if any team's going to get the most out of his skill set, it, it'll be the Spurs. So uh, I, I like it for, for everyone all around. It is a baby trade, not going to really move the needle for, for, you know, any of these teams involved here, but uh, I, I like it on all sides pretty much. And, and, and I mean, the Spurs get a, a future second round pick six years into the future. Uh, you love to see those <laughs> assets thrown around like, okay. Yeah. Will, will our, pop still be there. Yeah. Our analysts, uh, our analysts are saying that the nuggets are really going to suck in uh, six years. Yeah. So uh, we really want the second round picks. We can draft some Euro stash guy from Bosnia, <laughs> uh, the Spurs yeah. way. Uh, but yeah, it, it definitely a baby trade, but it's always nice to, you know, uh, to get that there. I know that there was another trade. We actually, we didn't talk about uh, a while ago, a couple, a couple weeks ago, but like it was such a small baby trade that I don't think either guys are even playing, uh, but uh, definitely yeah. want to touch on it. Bull bull. You're free. My friend, you're go free. and run amok, run through the pastures with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Boston fans are going to love you. Uh, you're playing in a huge market. So I guarantee we're going to see tons of every single basket bull bull gets. We're going to see now. Uh, it'll be on oh, your Instagram yeah. feeds. Just wait. House of Highlights. It'll be House of Bull Bull. How uh, are they going to chant it? Because they used to say taco, talk. What are they going to say? Bull 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 And they'll keep going yeah, until yeah, they get on the court. Uh, or they could, or, or actually, no, here's the better version. That's what I was about to say. What do they do with, uh, bully, bully, with bully, bully. no, what did they say with Bruno? I, I kind of like bully, 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 but I was going to say, we want bull, bull. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. want bull. Yeah, come on. 
I, I think any really, you can just start yelling Bull Bull's name at random times, just like a bunch of pigeons or, or Seahawks, whatever the hell they were in <laughs> Finding Nemo instead of mine. Uh, Bull, 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 Bull. It's just a flooding uh, of, of his name. Oh, boy. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, I don't have my hopes up. I'm not, I don't want to get my hopes up and just be, just to be disappointed. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play that much. No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't see, I don't know. I I don't see it happening right now. I mean, you're not going to play him more than like Robert Williams or Al Horford. I mean, even off the bench, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be tight uh, with that, with Ennis freedom running amok as well. Uh, But, but, but I, you're, you're right. Like, are they making, are the Celtics making this move to sure up sort of, Bobo is their backup. Yeah. With eyes on trading Horford uh, down the line. Yeah. We'll see because that, that'll be interesting because Horford's got a sizable contract that they, they would need to get, uh, you know, uh, a sizable contract back. So we'll, for sure. we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. We are detectives here at big dog ball talk. Well, uh, as well as detectives and uh, podcasters Mondays and Fridays, we also do Wednesday specials. Sometimes so Wednesdays. Uh, next Wednesday coming up, we'll remind you on Monday as well, but we're going to be having a all-star draft special. Uh, Jordan and I are going to unveil our starters and reserves right before uh, it goes live to air. Uh, the, the, it'll be the Wednesday. They're going to be releasing the starting five uh, officially for the, for the NBA all-star game. But we're going to have the whole goddamn team. So you're yeah. going to know you're going to be in the know. And if it's different from what we have, then they fucked up. Uh, so, so don't worry about what they say. You'll get the real one, uh, Wednesday morning, uh, a little treat for you guys. We always like to throw in at least one, maybe even two when we, uh, when we can, uh, for the, for our, uh, our, our, our audience here. Uh, yeah. one more uh, thing, you know, uh, if you guys can, you know, sauce us a follow at big dog ball talk on any social media, most active on Twitter. We get a lot of takes out there. Uh, we're going to have a lot more stuff, uh, for engagement for you guys, polls, quizzes, whatever you want. Uh, yeah. and then of course, uh, you know, make sure to download us, share us with your friends, rate us five stars, you know, uh, again, rate us less than five stars. I don't care. You just better have a good enough reason for it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, again, all the support we've gotten guys has been awesome. Uh, things are moving. And what's quickly. our email, Matt? What's, what's our email for, oh, at, uh, you know, questions, uh, at you, big you dog ball talk privately. At, yeah. At big dog ball talk at gmail.com it's in the uh, bio of uh, all of our all of our social media handles everything is all in our bio here uh whether you're listening to us on spotify apple music or wherever else you like to digest your podcast uh you can yep. find all of our information and, and yeah send us uh, suggestions questions whatever you want where uh, we want to hear from you guys uh or, or again reach us on our social medias i'm sure you can find us uh and, and again thank you guys so much for your continued support i've been matt eichhorn with jordan flegel for big dog ball talk and as my friend jordan always says mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah you know, find time to play in the snow play in the hate snow. On the snow. yeah i mean i honestly actually hate so i was coming in to my condo the other day it was the day that the big like uh when the snow had really come down 60 inch uh yeah. calling it these days uh this, uh, they had, they had older than me. They were probably had a mid-30s couple coming in with like some really cheap, like flimsy foam-looking toboggan thing. You know the ones that are made of foam, but they have these little plastic handles, like they yeah. break yeah. apart, like they don't work. But they were yeah. like, and they were covered in snow. I'm like, oh, you guys are like, going out for uh, for a little toboggan or whatever. And they're like, oh yeah, it's, it's just so fun. And I'm like, okay. I was like, where the fuck did you go? Like, why are you so snowy? Like, I had a lot of questions. But hey, those people obviously have heard you say this. Yeah, well, I, I, again, I've been saying it for a long time. All these, all these things I, I, I mentioned at the end of podcast, like, mm-hmm. yeah, but since 
high school. Uh, where, where, what was the hill? What, what hill did I live on? Was that 6th Street? Something like that, man. No, that was 8th Street. 8th Street. Uh, mm-hmm. Right, right down the middle of Owen Sound, Ontario. Uh, that'd be a great hill to just you know, get get your toboggan out, go straight down. The place is uh, a death trap in the winter, man. You see what? <laughs> cars go up, they come right back down. You better watch out. Come back, come on, get out in the snow. Make me a promise, you're gonna go play in the snow. Wait, I, I think one time you uh, you pushed me over in a, in a, a shopping cart into the snow. So uh, I mean, I'd say that was.